And I'm just glad to be with you this morning. And we're in a series called Summer Splash. It's kind of all over the scriptures. And this morning, I just want to talk about a simple word. The word is pause. And that's where I want us to, to reflect on that, what it means to pause before the Lord, to calm our hearts, to be in assurance that he is Lord. And uh, so we'll uh, try to get the baskets out there before we kind of totally launch into this today. But uh, uh, again, as they're getting those out, please uh, sign up for the Habitat House. It'd be a great time just to come alongside a brother or sister in Christ and to hammer or work or whatever they're going to have us doing. Well, this morning, pause. You know, that's a, that's a, it's kind of a calming word in itself. When you hear that word pause, you think about, you even see the icon right there on the top of your worship guide, the pause button. Is that come to mean something to anybody? I mean, do we use a pause button on every device we have? Pause, pause. I, I want to stop. I want to go get a drink. I want to go get something to eat. I wanna, uh, I'm a big Wimbledon fan. I'm so grateful for DVR that we got a couple years ago. Um, I've been watching Wimbledon this week. I, just, I, I love tennis, and it's just fascinating to me, except the semifinals, or even before that were some better than the semifinals. But, uh, you know, that, that ability to pause and to be able to, to reframe it, to be able to watch that uh, play or that ace or that serve over and over. But, you know, summer is a season to pause. You know, a lot of people are on the road. It's obvious. You, you look around, you know, it's not full like it is in the school year, and people are traveling. And Roger was already telling me, he says, man, we were coming back from the Gulf. And he said, man, it rained every day, and we were driving this way, and people are just, they're taking our place. They're going down, you know. And there's just something about, how many of you like vacation? Anybody here like vacation? You just like to get out. And, uh, you know what my philosophy is? There's never been a bad day at the beach. You know what I'm saying? Now, they're better when it's sunshiny, but it's, uh, but the, in the owner's manual, the scripture for our life, God would cause us to, to rejuvenate, to recalibrate, to renew our souls. And God's pretty serious about this. Uh, if you keep running at the pace that you run without scheduled breaks, you'll grow weary. You'll grow tired. You'll just simply be exhausted. You know, we live in a a workaholic culture. Some of us suffer from that. Some, some don't. And here's one of the things I've learned about when we get caught up in busyness. Our relationships always tend to suffer. And uh, because when you just run at that frenetic uh, intensity of life, the, the things that are really dear to you, called loved ones or friends or colleagues or whatever, you, you don't really have time to stop and to really enjoy them. And, and then I just ask you a simple question. Have, have you actually rested? You know, God, we'll talk about it in a few moments. God created a Sabbath that was all for his glory, all for his honor, but he created a Sabbath for man. How many of you are glad that God created a Sabbath in the week? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was for us because God knew we couldn't run a full all-out sprint forever and ever. In, in the Hebrew, the word there, Sabbath, just means rest. I like what Jesus says. It says, the great physician once said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And then you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what Jesus said. He said his burden. Now, I don't know about you, my burdens are heavy. And, and, and when I get your burdens, when you give me your burdens and you talk to me about your burdens, man, your burdens, man, they're exhausting. But Jesus says his burden is light. So this morning, maybe we're not slowing down to, to, do, to embrace the pause. We've just, we've run. We're, we're in this kind of holiday season 
you know, the 4th of July. I mean, it was unlike any other 4th of July. I remember rain, rain, and more rain. Man, wasn't that fun? And, uh, and rain, rain. But hey, was the food good, anybody? Go ahead and give me a big amen if the food was really good. Yeah, I mean, anybody go, oh, I'm not going to eat, man. I'm too depressed. I just can't eat. Uh, not me, man. You just eat more. Anyway, I just thought I'd be honest. Okay. So let me ask you this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? Are you stressed out? Are you overwhelmed? If you are, then maybe this message today is for, is for you. I want to ask you just to look at the very front of the worship guide, Summer Splash. I'm just going to take off on that. My prayer today, I've been praying for you all week and this weekend, that God would splash his presence on you. I don't know about you, but this morning I was splashed by the presence of Christ during our worship set. Was anybody else? It was amazing. I mean, just right, dead on, dead center, just a place to be with Jesus. I like the way Eugene Peterson words uh, Matthew 11. If you want to just turn there in your Bibles, Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. But Eugene, in, in his rendition, and his idiom of the Scripture, he goes, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I, I love that line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly. The unforced rhythms of grace. I just believe heaven is going to be a place of his eternal light and presence and joy and assurance and calmness and grace unspeakable. Celebration like we've never seen, but rest forever you know when people die it's like they the earth suit wears out and god takes them to heaven if they're in christ jesus and what a great place to be and it's like the psalmist where he says beside the still waters he he tends to us he shepherds us this morning i'm just asking you to let the lord shepherd you let the lord come near to you um freeze frame when you're watching a television show, possibly, or you're listening to music, you freeze it. You pause. You, you go tend to that interruption and you come back. It happens to me all the time in the study. I'll be listening to something and I stop, or I'm watching something and I stop, and I'm grateful for pause. And life, that'd be a great way for you and me. When things just are, seem like they're overwhelming and they're crazy, remember this message. God wants us to rest in him on fourth rhythms of grace. He wants us to find a place just that we go to him. We, we find um, those freeze-frame moments of life. You know, there's one thing that I've learned. We, we run so hard that a lot of times we just miss the good things right in front of us. I mean, like family, friendships, colleagues, Sunsets, sunrises, birds, squirrels, oceans, mountains. I, I don't know what it is, man. People, I mean, just things happening all around you. And we are, I, I didn't see anything. I was just running so fast, I didn't see nothing. Like, when you come into the presence of God, when you come into the house of worship, do you, do you just freeze sometimes? Wow. I'm in the presence of other believers that have come to love Jesus Christ. They, they've come to maybe get a perspective they didn't have. It's just life is pretty much a series of moments. Would you agree we all have moments? We have good moments and we have disappointing moments, but they're moments. And so here's what I'm driving today. If you leave out here, what's he talking about? I just want you to freeze the moment sometime. 
Like, I go to a place in worship with my king, and I hope you do. And sometimes I just want to freeze there. I want to bask in his glory, in his worth, in his honor, how magnificent he is. I don't want to leave there. This morning, when we were singing Revelation song, I don't know about you, it just took... Did anybody go on a trip? Did anybody go on a journey with God this morning during Revelation song? You, you raise your hand a little higher. Let me just see if anybody did. That's what it's intended for. You're like, oh, I just thought it was about the audible. I thought it was about the voice. We just went, No, no, no. It's to lead us to a place. I'm so grateful for this team that Jeff leads. I, they, they take us to a moment with Christ. Sidebar margin, write it down the word journal. I talk about journaling a lot because I'm a three-decade-plus journaler. Journaling makes me mark the moment. As I get older, my memory's not what it used to be. Did, can anybody identify? Somebody's like, man, I'm young, man. I don't remember anything. Write it down. Put it in your daytime, man. Put it in your phone. Put it in your, you know, your device, whatever it is. But as, as we slow down, I just think about journaling makes me capture the moments as I reflect in going into the day and throughout the day, as I reflect, as I journal, it helps me mark what was important, what was going on, what, what's God saying in my soul. I, I used to have this thing, I still have it, I used to do it more, but I journal all the time. But I uh, had this folder and I called it Jordan Stones. When they were crossing over there and they were crossing over the Jordan, they stopped and they built a monument of worship of stones. It was called a place of remembrance. So I created a folder called the Jordan Stones. And sometimes I, I put nuggets of great things that God has done just to remember. Have you ever noticed you'll just forget? You'll forget how God has delivered you. You'll forget how God has healed you. You'll forget how God has restored you. You'll forget how God has renewed you. Yes, you'll even forget how God has redeemed you. I could tell by that word for days. Caleb, one of my favorite artists. Big Daddy Weave. Love Big Daddy Weave. Song of the Year, his song Redeemed. Love that song. Just go to a place when I think about being redeemed. Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That means today, celebrate this moment today. I know right now I'm thinking, it ain't a very pretty Sunday. You know, it's kind of ugly. It's kind of nasty. I mean, people are already walking in with umbrellas. You know, you might leave here. It might be a torrential downpour. It might not be any rain. You're like, Man, let's just get through Sunday, man. When's the sun going to come out again? Well, you know, I kind of have that thought, but the other side is this. But how about this moment? I'm never going to get this moment back. I mean, it's here. It's gone. Celebrate the moment. Unwrap the presence. Matter of fact, when I gave this text to Jeff, Jeff goes, Keith, it's not Christmas. It's July. I, I want you to look there with me in Luke chapter. Look at it. See it? Luke chapter 2. I know you, 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 you look at this and you just go, there, there is no way that he is going to read the Christmas story. Well, I'm not. But I want you to look at something here in Luke chapter 2 with me this morning. Chapter 2, verse 19. Now, this is, uh, you know, for preachers, we, you know, we preach on Luke's gospel and the gospels that talk about Christmas. But let's just look at it. And then in, uh, yeah, Luke 2, 19. Ready? He says these words. Well, it'd be helpful if I get on the right page. Ready? But Mary treasured up all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. She pondered. I know you use that word quite often. I've heard it in your sentences. Nobody uses that word. That is an archaic word. That is a word of a long time ago. 
We would just use the word and uh, treasured. I got to looking up different translations. Pondered, treasured, thought. The J.B. Phillips translation of the New Testament says, I turned it over and over in my mind. It was reflection. It was a pause. And Mary, here in this, she was pondering the birth of the Christ child, of the Son of the living God in her. She pondered, she treasured, she honored, she valued this moment. And so this morning, I just thought we would go there and go, you know, this is kind of a, an odd text, but here's the first blank to fill in. Choose to be joyful. You and I have a choice to make. We can choose to be miserable. We can choose to be a whiner. We can choose to be a complainer. I don't want to participate. Or we can choose to be people of ecstatic joy. Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. He knew what it was. The, the inward work of, of Christ, the inward work of the Spirit in us gives us joy. It's a freeze frame moment. So I, I want to just kind of move through these if I can, and, and then I'll come back. Choose to be joyful. Look at the second one. Choose to be thankful. Are you, are you a person of thanks? You know, that's a great Thanksgiving message. That's not the intention today. But are you just thankful? You're just thankful for life. You're thankful for your friendships. You're thankful for your health. I'll tell you what. If you don't have your health and then you get your health, does anybody give thanks? <laughs> yeah, you do. Todd walked in a minute ago, just back from surgery. Praise God. Healthy. Got another person right now in another state healing up, getting better. And they're praising God for their health. Look at the next one. Choose to surrender your moments. Choose to surrender those moments. Whatever moments you've got, you, you can take them and you can forget them. You can rob God of his glory. Or you can just choose, like, God, I'm going to surrender the moments I've got. Lord, this is, this is what you've given me. This is my family. This is my faith family. This is, I'm going to soak up the moment. Lord, I'm, I'm going to slow down. And I don't know about you, but I, just, I do life, and sometimes I just miss the moments. And I'm just being real, and so do you. And sometimes I want to miss them, but a lot of times I'm like, man, there was really something special in that relationship, in that moment that I had called life. And it, here we go, young parents. Ah, if I change another poopy diaper, oh, my goodness, if we ever go to sleep again, will that be good? Ah, kids, they spend all my money. Ah, let me tell you, it ain't never going to change. Hey, celebrate the moments right now. Man, you're saying, man, I'm old. Celebrate that moment. Man, you're still drawing life and oxygen and air. And man, you're healthy and you're young. Praise God. Praise God. You hadn't had surgeries probably yet. And your body's working pretty good. That's pretty cool, huh? You can always find a moment to celebrate. So choose to be joyful. Choose to be thankful. Choose to surrender. I'm going to get a quote that's going to come up from Frederick uh, Buckner, Buchner when we were at Emory years ago in seminary. Uh, I remember reading him, and he's got a great quote. I, I want you to look on the screen with me. He says, listen to your life and see it for the fathomless mystery that it is and the boredom and pain of it no less than the excitement and gladness. Touch, taste, smell your way to the holy and hidden heart of it because in the final analysis, all moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. Wow. He's a lot more eloquent than your preacher is. It's worth this morning. I just thought we'd look on the screen, and maybe that would encourage you that yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift, a gift of grace. The day is a gift, and that's why they call it a present. 
right now is the gift of God, the life that you and I have and we celebrate together in community. Man, that's awesome. God, we're grateful that... And here's another thing. I'm, this is a bonus. Learn to sing over your moments. I know I've heard some of you sing. Don't sing loud, okay? Nah. Sing. Sing over your moments. One of my favorite things to do is to get in my car and just sing loud. Okay, you didn't think it's funny. It's awesome. And I sing loud. And, and I, I drive into the garage and I was like, you got the radio up loud enough? I do, but you should have heard me singing about two blocks ago. You'd be grateful that's all you heard, you know? But sing over your moments. Now, when you have daughters like I have that have musical gifts and they have voices that God's given them and blessed them with and they love to sing, I love to listen to their voice. And I know you do. And you, and you got a Jeff Bush voice and you got all these voices around you like, praise God. But if you ain't got a gifted voice, still learn to sing over your moments because God's put a song on your heart. How many want to say a big amen right there? Just sing. Worship. Man, with iPods and iPads and all these things, man, worship is everywhere. Oh, there's worship everywhere without that. But there's so much praise to be given to God to lead us, to instruct us, to guide us, to encourage us. I tell you what, if you ever see me at the beach, I always got my old school iPod. And man, I got all thousands of songs loaded on there. And man, I go to a place with Jesus. And they're like, where is he? He's in heaven. <laughs> He's just worshiping. The other night, I'll just tell you, I'm a contemporary pastor, started a contemporary work in this region in 96, and now everybody does it, so we're not the new thing, haven't been for years. But I still have, I know some of you older, I almost called you old folks, that would have been ugly. Some of you older saints, you would have loved this. I still have Bill Gaither moments. I know you're going, you young people are like, oh, please, Jesus. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it's where me and my dad, where I feel like I sit down with him. And sometimes when I can't sleep at night, there's always a Bill Gaither moment on. And I'll just go there sometimes. Now, I don't choose to live there. I, I have not asked Jeff, Jeff, let's do Bill Gaither music. Thank you, Jesus. I love our contemporary, the intimacy of it. But you just learn to sing over the moments. God, move in us. Teach us to sing. Teach us to worship. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. talks about this is God's will for my life. To be joyful, to be thankful, to be prayerful in all circumstances. Well, God, this is good. It's easy to give thanks. God, this is difficult, but I give thanks in it. I give thanks through it, Father, for your grace that you've not abandoned me. We, we sang a song this morning that says the Lord fights for us. This battle is the Lord's. The scripture reminds us, God's, what is God's will for my life? It's always to be joyful, to never stop praying and to always be thankful in all circumstances. God, make us a people of joy. Make us a people that choose to be filled with moments that we learn to continually surrender them to you. That's an easy thing to say. It's hard to do. I mean, this afternoon, something's going to challenge you, and you're going to have a choice. You can surrender that moment to reflect the glory of Christ, or you can choose to rob God of his glory and you can choose to be selfish and self-centered and self-absorbed. God will get no glory. And I don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. I'm not a prophet in that sense, but God's just going to allow us to say, Lord, I want to worship you. You know, when God gives us a prompting to do something, remember I've talked about the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit prompts, when he instructs, when he 
pushes you, when he stirs you to do godly things, do them quickly. And honor Christ. Lord, you give me those promptings. Lord, give me courage. Give me compassion. God, give me humility to walk it out. So here it is. What is God's will? Be joyful, be thankful, surrender the moments. And, and I know you're going, Keith, you're, you're driving that over and over because this is so important. These, these moments are going to flee. The, the Bible says life is but a vapor. It's a mist. It's here and it's gone. The, the flowers. Like, you've been to a funeral lately? You go to a funeral, you, you go out to the funeral side and you see all those beautiful flowers. You ever go back? Yeah, you have if it's a loved one. Have you ever gone back when they lowered the body into the grave and everybody's gone and the song's over? The people are gone. The flowers have been laid on the grave. And they're beautiful for a few hours and you get in some terrific Alabama heat and they wither in a matter of hours. That's the way life is, man. It's here. Gone. God, choose. Let us choose to honor you. Let's look at this next part here. The pause refreshes. That's the whole focus of this series is summer splash god spill over pour out your presence on us god your presence refreshes if you'll look over it uh turn over to the book of psalms turn to psalms with me and if you look there i, I could just take you through so many but there in psalm 3 verse 3 but you are a shield around me O lord you bestow glory on me. You lift up my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answered me, answers me from his holy hill. And there, there's a term that you see over and over through your Bible. And you can turn over to, I think, chapter 70 or 74 and other chapters. And when you're reading through the Psalms, and I encourage you to do that on a regular basis, it fills your soul with praise. It makes you grateful to God. It reminds you that you're not alone because the psalmist, many times, he's like, oh, man, woe is me. And he feels undone he feels alone and then god delivers him and he comes through but the word selah selah occurs 70 times in 39 of the psalms it's the hebrew word there it just basically means it's a musical term to indicate there's a pause in the song in the music it just has a break and when you see this word selah in the scripture pause it's there for a reason to, to give glory to God, to give thanks, to get an inner attitude, perspective, to get reflection, to pause, to reflect. God, you are so great. You are so magnificent. You're so mighty. You're so healing. You're so redemptive. You're so caring. You're so compassionate. I don't know what the text is. Just begin to read the Psalms with that. Consider the challenges. Trust in God. Take courage. Just begin to read through the Psalms and say, God, a Selah moment. Lord, I'm just pausing. This is a message for, for me, and you get to hear it out loud, but God just wants us to be refreshed by his presence, and we just begin to slow down and to take in, and we create space and sanctuaries in our mind, in our heart. When I pause, I wrote this down. I write it down. This is just extra words. Maybe it'll help you. When I pause, I'll, I'll allow my soul to savor the moment. I relish the moment. I value the moment. I welcome the moment. I see the moment. I celebrate the moment. I wonder in the moment. And I experience His grace. God, this morning, don't let us miss moments. You know, I've missed a lot of moments. 
I want to miss less. And as your pastor and friend, I want to encourage you to miss less moments. Just slow down a little bit. Just pause. Man, life's hard. Life's fast. You know, it's like the world teaches, man, those that do the most, they get the most. And they, you know, can this, and you get that, you get can't. I don't know. God just wants to say, you know what? Chill. That's not the scripture. It not say chill. I mean, that'd be cool. Hey, chill, baby. Pause. Selah. Reflect. Worship. Honor. Come near to me. Look at the next one it does. The pause reframes. The pause reframes our mind. The pause reframes my way of thinking, the way that I do things. Um, I, I want to I take you to a section here. I, I love this section of Scripture. It's Luke chapter 10. Turn there with me. Luke 10, 38. Mary and Martha. I preached on it many times, but it's worthy to look here because distraction is all filled through this. You talk about busyness, you talk about overload, you talk about overwhelm, you talk about stress, you talk about performance. I mean, I could give you a hundred words. Just look there. Listen to the gospel text. See, see if this just speaks life to you today like it does to me. Every time I read this, I get convicted. Is Jesus, starting in verse 38, 1038, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted, I'd underline that, by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, we look at that wonderful text, and I want you to see something. Martha has the gift of hospitality. It's a spiritual gift. It's a good thing. Martha's the woman that you want over your house. I mean, that's the first Martha Stewart right here in Scripture, okay? This is a good thing. Martha's doing a good job. How many of you would like to have Martha Stewart come over to your house and get you ready for your next dinner party? Okay, well... All right, well, I mean, we're not going to have to pay her. She's going to bring all her stuff, all her trappings and trailers, and she's going to bring all the food, and she's going to do it. How many of you would like to have her come over? Yeah, see, okay. And you don't even have to talk to her if you don't want to. She's just going to get ready, okay? The gift of hospitality. But satisfaction came to Martha because of her work. I want you to see this. You and I, satisfaction many times comes to us from our work. If we're not careful, especially us men, we prove our worth by our work how much we work and that's what Martha's trying to do here she she stays busy she feels more important so Martha is just busy 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 she's in a muddle she ain't she don't want to deal with anything but not Mary now Martha rebukes her sister Jesus tell that woman to quit being lazy tell that woman to quit sitting at your feet tell that woman to come help me this gospel bird has got to get ready here's what I find amazing Jesus never asked Martha, Martha, cook me a chicken dinner when I, before I get there. He didn't even require that. He wasn't asking that. But this distraction thing, he wasn't asking for kitchen duty. Here, here, let me make it practical. When you and I get distracted, when we get busy, the divine suffers. Our vertical relationship with the Father always suffers when we get busy. Do you understand, church? 
When you and I get too busy, we don't have regular devotion times. We don't have prayer times. We don't meditate. We don't reflect. We don't memorize. We don't worship. We don't sing. We don't do a lot of things. When we're busy, we're distracted. But when we slow down and we pause, his glory begins to fall. See, I like to build walls around me, and so do you. I like to cocoon in. And God wants to break through and say, I want you to slow down your distractions. I want you to focus on me. Choose to be intimate. So write it down. I don't know where, just somewhere in your notes. Choose to be busy or choose to be intimate. you got two choices. You can choose to be intimate with Jesus and worship him in spirit and truth. Or you can choose just to be busy and be distracted and run through stuff and just miss who he is and what he wants to say. But the Bible says Mary chose that which was better. She chose to worship. So the pause refreshes, the, pa the pause reframes, the pause renews. The pause renews us. I, I think this is a, a beautiful concept here. Here it is, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. It's the big ten, the ten suggestions in Scripture. Remember reading those? You didn't catch that, did you? It's not the ten suggestions, it's the ten commandments. They were brought down off the mountain. They were from the heart of God. God wanted us to do these things. Look at chapter 20, verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Today is the Sabbath. God says, keep every day holy, but this day, remember it, set it aside. It's set aside for man to worship, to renew, to recalibrate, to refocus, to reframe, to be renewed. The, the root of the idea of the Sabbath is that living things thrive when they have sufficient rest by a measure of stillness, says Mark Buchanan. God, look, look what I wrote across the bottom. God gave us the Sabbath to protect us from overload. He designed it as a day to restore us. God designed this thing. It was, it was his perfect design, the Sabbath. And God says, Keith, friends, you need the Sabbath. And in the Sabbath, I will heal you. In the Sabbath, I will refresh you. Yesterday, I light yard work somewhat in some kind of weird way. It's therapeutic. And I've learned when it rains like it's been raining, it's great to weed flower beds. I know you're going, wow, I thought you were watching Wimbledon. Well, I'd watch some Wimbledon. Then I said, you know what? It's time to go out and weed the flower bed. And when you go out and you pull weeds like on a day like yesterday, the weeds come up ever so quickly. Man, I'm just like pulling weeds like I'm in. And I'm just sweating and all that. And man, I was like, I, was, I came in the house and Donna goes, what happened? I mean, I'm like just drenched between rain and sweat. I'm nasty. I mean, it was crazy. And, and, and then I went in and wanted to give her a big hug and a kiss. And no, I didn't do that. I mean, I was gross. You know, I was like, man, I'm just stripping down, you know. And I head to the shower. I want to get refreshed. I want to be restored. I, I, I needed that for my body. How much more do we need that for our soul? We got all this stuff just crowding and beating us and punching and relationships have gone south and they're going good in life and illness and pain and hurts and deadlines and didn't make the sale and made the sale and people didn't rent and people did rent. Not, just life, life, life. And God says, the Sabbath, slow down. Let me, let me tell you what I learned a long time ago. And I want you all to help me and I want to try to help you as your pastor. I want to help you on the Sabbath to lead you in the instruction of God's Word as I have for the last 17 years. It is a sacred honor. Thank you for allowing me to be the pastor of this church. It's wonderful. But I'm going to ask you to help me protect my Sabbath. My Sabbath is Friday. 
Because Sunday, I wake up early, I go to bed late on Saturday night, I wake up revving, ready to go worship, ready to go lead, ready to go serve. It's just an awesome day. But it's a little different for me and Jeff and others on, on staff here. You know, it's just, this is not necessarily a day of Sabbath. But Friday, I've tried to make that a day of Sabbath. And I just ask you to help me protect it. Because here's what I found. I violate it sometimes. And if you have surgeries on Fridays, you know, hey, try to get there, you know, and you got this going on. And sometimes you got events and you got to go do this. But I find if I run seven days and seven days and seven days and run seven days, what happens? You get tired. Some of you are like, yeah, I like this weekend deal. You know, this is all. I work eight to five, Monday through Friday. And I go home and say, hey, I'll see y'all come Monday. Hey, I hope I get here on time. If I don't, hey, somebody start doing my work before I get there. But you know, for me, Sunday, I mean, I promise y'all, I lay my head on my pillow, and it's Sunday. Every time I lay my head down, just a few more days, and it's Sunday again. Like, here's the thing. When I prepare to preach, and it's such an honor and fun, I, and I, well, it's not fun preparing, it's fun doing it. I, I love to proclaim God's word and encourage the people of God. But about 2.30 this afternoon, at least by 3 o'clock, the thought hits me every single Sunday. Well, that's over. You ready to start climbing the hill again? Because it's coming back. And, and in your job, those things keep coming back, and they're still there, and nobody does your work for you when you leave. All I'm saying is you've got to have a Sabbath. Sabbath is God's idea. And now you're glad that God created a Sabbath. Yeah, God wants to restore. God wants to renew. God wants you to pause. So we, we move in a celebrative way. We get recalibrated by his presence uh, anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, says the scripture. Just as God did this, let us therefore make every effort to enter into his rest. God's real clear about this. God's not playing with the Sabbath. God wants us to have Sabbath for our soul, but he wants us to have pause for our lives because pause brings about a renewing nature. Resting, write this down, resting really means trusting. When I really rest, I trust. You see, when you rest, you don't work, you trust. In the scripture we just read, Mary trusted. And she rested. So God teaches to hit the pause button, to not run so hard. Some of you are like getting mad at me. I can already tell. I'm mean, out like that message. Some of you are like, oh man, I love that. I'm going to listen to that message over and over. I need that for my soul. Well, that's the reason I do it. And some of you are like, I don't ever want to hear a message like that again. You know, like, okay, whatever. But here's what I'd say. The pause refreshes, the pause reframes, and the pause renews. But you got to take time for the Selah moment. And just begin to read the Psalms this week, and you'll see it. There'll be a, a section of Scripture, and there'll be a break. And there'll be a section of Scripture, and there'll be a break. Selah, Selah. That's the way God intends it for our soul. The cross is enough, though. God assures you and me, the cross is enough. And when we just look there and we see his love and we see that we can choose to sing over the moments of our life, good or bad, we get refreshed. Because I choose to go there. I choose to be grateful. I choose to take my life and offer it to him. That's my prayer this morning, is that God's going to allow you and me together as a faith community, as a faith family, to just pause in his presence. Today, Jeff has a couple of songs planned on the backside. I, I, the service is not over. I don't want you to leave. Guys, it is not over. We're going to worship him. We're going to pause in his presence. We're going to get renewed. Some might even get resurrected in their spirit through worship of Abba. But Lord, we run to you. Lord, we want to listen to your voice. But you have to be still. 
and hear the soft, tender voice of the one that calls. Three words that I think refocus constantly. It takes refocus day by day, moment by moment. Rest, be with him. Pull into a place with Jesus. And then think about the word relationships. Don't crowd them out. Don't be too busy. Don't push away with busyness. Choose to be intimate with others. But Father, we commit these moments to you. Let's pray. Father, today was a moment. A moment of instruction, a moment of worship. Maybe a moment of conviction. But it's been a moment. God, teach us to relish the moments that we have. Lord, today somebody might die or next week or next month that we love. And Lord, all we know is we have this moment. So help us to relish the moments we have with each other. As I think about the people in San Francisco, Lord, I pray for your grace to cover those families of the, one, the two that have lost their lives. I pray for the 180 plus that need healing. I pray they would find your presence. God, wherever we find ourselves, May we find a moment with you. And may we say, this was a moment to worship him.